Welcome to Modern Art of All. If you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. If you're a new listener, I'm glad you're here. Today I have Mike back on from episodes 4 and 6, and we'll be discussing the parable of the laborers in the vineyard. Let's get to the podcast. Mike, how's it going? Kev, it is going great. How are you doing? I'm doing good today, man. That's good. So, uh, this is going to be, what is it, part three part of the Parable three. Series? Part three, yeah. All right, and uh, Mike has a parable. Um, what? It's not my parable. It's your parable. It's Jesus' parable. It's not mine. I didn't come up with it. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Um, yeah, I mean, yes. confused for a second. Like, was I supposed to bring it? <laughs> you know? Um, nah, nah, Jesus bringing it every day. So, right. um, parable we're doing uh, this time is, uh, it's called The Laborers in the Vineyard. Um, or or however it is in your Bible. It's in Matthew uh, chapter 20. Um, it's actually only recorded in Matthew chapter 20. Um it's not in any of the other gospels, but it's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, what version are you going to be reading the, it from? Oh, I'm going to be reading it from uh, the English Standard Version, ESV. Um, okay. reason I use right. ESV is because um, I understand it. Sounds good. Not too many these and thous. And uh, it's a pretty pretty reliable translation. It's got a lot of, uh, a lot of good history to it, so... Um, mm-hmm. context around this bad boy is, uh, Jesus heads up. Um, I don't know if you remember when Jesus kind of went home for a little while, he went back up to, uh, the, the region of Galilee, which is like the North part of like Palestine, modern day Palestine. Um, and that's where like Nazareth and all that is. Um, and so he went home for a while and he kind of got rejected by his family and the people who he used to know, you know, they were like, isn't this the carpenter's son? What, what are you trying to do miracles? You think you're the son of God? Ain't no way. Uh, so, so he's, he's kind of coming back from visiting home and, uh, he's kind of making the, uh, the trip back towards Jerusalem. Um, even though it's super dangerous, uh, Pharisees super want to kill the guy. Um, but so he kind of makes his way down into the the region of Judea, which is where like Jerusalem and Bethlehem and stuff are, um, by the uh, the Dead Sea. Um, so he's probably in like Jericho. And if that sounds familiar, there was mm-hmm. a battle there with a bunch of walls that fell down. Um, so he's kind of he's just close enough for comfort to Jerusalem. Um, but he's hanging out there with his disciples for a while. Um, the Pharisees kind of do wind up hunting him down and ask him some questions while he's in uh, Jericho, but he's kind of too far away to be like in a lot of danger. So, so yeah, that's kind of the context. Um, but again, he's he's telling parables about what the kingdom's like. Um, so yeah, Matthew chapter twenty, um, starting in verse one. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, um, by the way, a denarius is just like a day's wage. Um, other translations just say like a silver coin, potentially. Um, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, a denarius or a silver coin, that's just a a day's wages is the point of that. Um, But so after agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into a vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them, he said, you go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the 11th hour, uh, which would be about like 5 p.m., um, that's like basically the end of their working day for the Jews is uh, 6 p.m. 
So this is an hour before everything's supposed to be kind of done for the day. He went out and found others standing. And he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you go into the vineyard too. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. When those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first last. So first impressions, thoughts, questions, comments, concerns. I mean, I got, I got two. Um, Wonderful. (laughs) I have three. So, (laughs) <laughs> they said, um, verse seven, they said to him, because no one has hired us. And he said to them, you go into the vineyard, I guess at the end of verse six, he says, why you've been staying here idle all day to me. Like, so this is a parable. He said it is a parable about kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we're keeping the kingdom of heaven in mind, when we're thinking about this, that makes me think, um, so many people like why we have to be called by God. You know what I mean? Like, um, without something bringing us in, we're the same thing as the workers. We're just, we're standing there not really knowing what's going on. We might, we might believe in something else. Um, or we might just be idle, but then God's going to call us. Um, I just think that's that's funny how like the parable to me alludes to like you know people they're just lost until like God has to rope us in. You'd think he'd get annoyed at that, but um, <laughs> but yeah, you know at some point you're gonna have to get roped in by God, <laughs> or you're gonna stay stay idle. Yeah. So, uh, well, not that necessarily you'll stay idle. The real punishment is you don't get paid. <laughs> Relatable, but anyway. So. Uh, yeah, for sure. He doesn't he doesn't really punish them for being idle in this parable. You know, this parable is is like, hey, like come work. There's work to be done. Even if you come for an hour, like you'll get your pay. Like come come work. It's good. You know, help is needed. Mhm. So I mean, I think traditionally speaking, you know, this is applied to uh you know, people who later in life and up to, quote unquote, the 11th hour of their life um, are are not Christians. And then and then when if you get into uh, into the church at a old age, you're good. You're safe. I mean, you're you, you get your payment. You don't get like a, a lesser form of uh, of reward. And that's good. That's encouraging. That's hard. Might you know? It might be hard for some people to wrap their head around because um, we're so in the world, right? That you know, we went to work, worked twelve hours, and one of your coworkers came in and worked one hour and got a day's wage when you had been there for twelve. Most people, um, myself included, would be upset about that um tell me that's not favoritism huh but like yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but it's a parable about facts but it's a parable <laughs> about the kingdom of heaven so um you know you have to when you're reading it i don't want to say you have to because i don't want to tell anyone what, you know what they have to do when they're reading but to me i i have to when i read i have to separate myself from the world read what it's saying try to use the eyes of God and understand, you know what I mean? Like, so I can understand what he's saying better. Cause he doesn't, you know, nine to five. He doesn't, he doesn't do nine to five. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, that that actually can be a sermon right there, preaching about how we're not supposed to be nine to five followers of God. But but also, you know, it speaks to how like envy and selfishness they don't really have a a place in the kingdom. No, yeah, that's bad fruit for sure. Oh, show. Yeah, and and when you find find the you just said the the fruit that's bad fruit. If you find the seeds of that bad fruit inside you, you know, if you see, you know, people getting getting blessing in their life, and, and you're like, man, I don't know if they deserve that. Hey, it's all good. Like people need blessing. People have gone through suffering. Like all of us have gone through suffering. You know, so Christians are uh, definitely supposed to cast out that envy, that selfishness, and just rejoice with those who rejoice. You know, weep with those who weep. Right. Another thing that that kind of stood out to me here in like taking this and then applying it once again like to the world and see how how different we are from God is and I'm guilty of it is that when he hired the people in the beginning of the day he told them what they're going to be paid for their work and they agreed to it um but when it came time to get paid because of what the other people that got paid that didn't work as long, now they had a problem with it. And you see it uh, so much. And I think this is a whole lot of issues lumped into one pride. Um, people need to be more humble. So like, you know, I'm guilty of it. You go, you accept a job. They tell you when you sign the paper saying you accept that job, what your starting wage is going to be. Um, a lot of people won't even be there for a year before they're like, well, we should make more for what we do. Well, maybe you should, (laughs) but you agreed to what you're making. So therefore to grumble about it, um, if you try to remove yourself from the situation, doesn't make a whole lot of sense because, you know, they told you exactly what they were going to pay you. Um, You agreed to be paid that amount. So, there's no reason to be unsatisfied with it. Um, that's it's it's greedy, it's prideful. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I my my question is, whenever I f- I feel those sensations of like like greed, or I feel like you know I don't have enough, you know, just a, a lack of content. You know what what's happening in my life that I need extra for? You know, like what am I? Because, okay, so there's bills, and that's what we always say, like, oh, well, I got to pay my bills. But but what else have I been spending my money on <laughs> other than bills that have put me to this point where it's like, man, mm-hmm. I need to make more money? You know, that kind of – that lifestyle mm-hmm. choice. Um, it's uh, – that that's what affects your bills at the end of the day is, <laughs> is what you're using your money for. Um, Yeah, and so I always not I always. I I I find often whenever people lack uh that sense of contentment, they're they're trying to fund a lifestyle that A is probably pretty materialistic, which again is not something that you know, Christ says that easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle for a rich man to enter heaven. So why we're trying to chase the life of a rich man is, is confusing, but uh, that's temptation for humans, I guess. Uh, But yeah, you know what, what can we do without? Like, do we have to eat out every single meal? Like, should we start going to the grocery store? Takes a little bit of work, but saves you a bunch of money. Like, do I need a name brand for every single thing I own? Every single pair of shoes, Every single like pot and pan I use in my kitchen, like you know, are there are there things I can do um, to kind of live within my means? Definitely, and there's definitely people. Um, I know when I pray, um, often this is something that comes up: is that um, I've been blessed to be able to indulge and afford the kind of lifestyle. You know, uh, one of my things is like, you know, I try to at least go out to eat once a week. Ooh. Um, there's a lot of people that can't do that. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, 
uh, you know, I'm, I'm into, I'm into shoes and I like clothes and, you know, there's other, you know, hobbies and stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of people and it's not just outside of America. It's inside America that have only the luxury of waking up, going to work, earning money to pay bills. And that's it. Or Um, less. So they wake up and can't even do that. Yeah. (laughs) Because they're disabled or in a, some kind of a situation where, you know, they're at the the whims of, you know, the government or, you know, maybe they live in an abusive situation where, you know, their, their means of providing for themselves is taken from them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the ability to provide for it, ourselves is I a I think blessing. it's with materialism. I was recording something for the socials, right? And it's. I was saying that it's okay for you to enjoy, like, you know, because a lot of people um, will say, like, if you just scroll through the internet, you know, I haven't heard a lot of people personally say, but they have a problem with Christianity because they think uh, becoming a Christian will take all the fun away. And I, no, because <laughs> chances are the thing that you enjoy, you know, there's a 110% chance that God created that. Um <laughs> But it's all about, like, on my whiteboard that I have on my dresser, I have it written real big. It's temporary. Um, I have it written real big. Give him grace for everything. So if you've been blessed, um, you know, it's it's up to you and your relationship with God, how you use your blessing. But I think the most important thing for me, um, and I hope maybe others will have the same thing, is like, you know, I try to be more conscious of how much weight am I putting more weight on my attachment to my shoes and my, (laughs) my belongings and, and the fact that I want to go out to eat once a week than I am God without those things. Would I still love God? Um, if the answer to that question, if you're ask yourself that is no, that's a, it's a problem that might need worked out between you're in God's relationship. You know what I mean? Cause now it's materialism, right? Is just another way of saying idolatry for material things. Idolatry doesn't just apply to false gods and stuff like that. It's anything that you put higher on a scale than God. So, um, if you're a sneakerhead and <laughs> those shoes are more important than your Bible study every day, that, you know, to me, that's an issue. I would say that's an issue. And whatever you and your personal relationship with God work out, what do you think, Mike? Well, I think it's weird that they're called sneakerheads because you wear sneakers on your feet. I think you'd be called a sneaker feet. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but so, you know, yeah, I'm, for sure. I I've, thought been, of that. I've, been, uh, I've been homeless three times. So, uh, yeah, material things are like, I, I love that you have, uh, it's it's temporary. That's what you said, right? It's It's temporary. Is on yeah. your whiteboard. Yeah, I love that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, because I've I've made lots of money working at a, a place I used to work for. I lived uh, on the beach in Connecticut. I could like look down one way on the beach and see the Statue of Liberty. I could look across and see Long Island. You know, I could look out and see the Atlantic Ocean. I'd see like cruise ships and all kinds of stuff coming in all the time. Um, you know, I was making tons of money and I was miserable so miserable like i was every this is might be a trigger warming but i mean every bridge i would drive over i would have thoughts of driving off it like i was i was in such a bad place even though materially speaking had it had what i wanted um you know i played video games every night with my friends you know i i wasn't like lacking social uh desires you know i I had like, you know, a big guild in my, uh, my video games that I played and, um, you know, the, the people at work liked me, um, you know, I was even, I was even going to church. Like, I mean, I wasn't like even lacking too much in my spirituality, although I, I was, but you know, I had all this money and, and kind of everything laid out and I was like, not happy. Um, and I look back on on one of the times I was homeless, um, I was homeless, but I had a roof over my head that time. It was, uh, 
I was living in a Bible classroom at a church building. And that was one of the best times of my life. Cause I was always around people in the church and they were always like, Hey, like, let's, let's go sing. Like, let's go do a Bible study. Like, let's go all out to eat together. And it's like, Oh, we know you can't pay. Like we got you. Um, and that was great. Like, I love that time when I was like around, you know, that kind of spiritual, uh, environment, um, spiritual things are, are such a higher blessing than material things. It makes it as if Mm -hmm. the spiritual is real and the material is not by comparison. Yeah. That's what I found to be true. Because the material is temporary. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, so we're all going to go through suffering. We're all going to go through hardship. Like, not that I wish this ever on anyone, but all it takes is one robbery where you get your house broken into one fire where you lose, you know, a car or a, or your house or something. All it takes is, uh, you know, one disaster in your life and you're at, you're at zero, you know, one, one illness that takes more than, you know, takes all your savings away. You know, that stuff happens regularly to, to, it doesn't matter how much money you have. <laughs> like that will not defend you from the disasters of life. Um, and and not that God promises us to have an easy life to avoid those disasters if we follow him, but that he'll give us the spiritual blessings that won't be able to be taken away by those things. And that's mm-hmm. the point, you know, that's the the denarius a day we get from from following God is is worth something. Whereas the the paycheck we get from work pays our bills, puts food on the table, but but all that stuff is temporary. You'll be hungry again tomorrow. You'll be hungry again later tonight. <laughs> like yeah. Like just because you can, you know, pay for food with your your money means nothing cuz you'll be hungry again. It doesn't solve anything. You know, when winter comes around, you'll be cold. When summer comes around, you'll be hot. Money can't solve those things. It can provide relief. But Yeah. Just on uh just on money. I mean, if you anyone listening, if you if you go online and you look up Bible verses about the satisfaction in God, um is that your exact Google search? Yeah, and then nice. open Bible. <laughs> um so and there there's so many. Like there's a lot. Uh specifically about money. Uh he who loves money will not be satisfied with money nor he who loves wealth with his income. This is also vanity. Um, Ooh, Ecclesiastes. Yep, 510. So, I mean, the Bible doesn't lie. So, um, if you believe in God um, and you're struggling with the, with the love of money, you know, all you, I shouldn't say all you got to do because it might be a process, but look at what he says about it. Um, there's a lot of stuff about money. There's a lot of stuff about uh, you just needing him, um, Jesus uh, said a lot, just the fullness that you get from it, um, and he puts it, uh, I think a couple times, right, in the, the terms of being hungry or thirsty, um, with him, you'll never be hungry or thirsty, and, and that's not physical, you know, of course, you could eat in the morning and by nine o'clock you're going to be hungry, but this is, this is a spiritual <laughs> view. Read the word of God, form a relationship, accept his gift. Um, you'll be filled. Uh, and I want to go, and it kind of goes back to the parable, Mike, unless you have something to say about that. No. Yeah, go ahead. So Romans eleven twenty nine speaking of God's gift and the it's we all get the gift of all we got to do is accept it um for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable and irrevocable by definition is not able to be changed reversed or recovered um so 
we we have a coworker. Um, I don't know if they want me to say their name, so I'm not going to. Um, but they say all the time, and it's true, that God's kingdom is not a democracy. That's not the kind of show he's running. Um, he's merciful and loving, and we're spiritually taken care of, and he won't leave us or forsake us. And that's why his gift is so set in stone, because he's absolute. What he says goes. So, um, you, you saw it with Job, you know, with a, with a non-believer, and this was another thing the co-workers we were talking about the other day, with a non-believer, uh, the devil can go to God and he can accuse a non-believer of something, um, and, and it'd be true because the non-believer hasn't accepted the gift. So that that sin that the devil is accusing him of, um, because he's not yet accepted the gift, cannot be covered by the gift. Um, but us, right, like people who believe, um, if the devil was to go to God and accuse me, Mike, um, anyone who's listening, if you believe and accept the gift of God, uh, was accused of something, there's nothing that he can say because he has no power over God's gift to us. Um, then that's the whole, any tongue formed against you will be refuted. Um, I don't know if that's the exact wording. What is that? That's a, what's that scripture, Mike? It's the, no weapon formed <laughs> against you shall prosper. Uh, I'm going to pull it up right now. Uh, Isaiah 54, Isaiah 17. No weapon forged against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me. This is their vin yeah, this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. So if you accept who you are in the family of God, um there's nothing that anybody can do to take away what he gave you, because his gift is irrevocable. You can't change it, you can't because he's God. You know what I mean? Mike, do you have anything to say about, about that? Yeah, and so, I mean, we, we get that that gift is uh, is Christ or, or even the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, that God himself in, in, the, in the way that, you know, Christ came to earth and, and experienced life and he, he was tempted. You know, he wasn't, if he couldn't have been tempted then it wouldn't have been called a temptation. <laughs> uh, but he was tempted, which means that he, he wanted to. Uh, he wanted to do what Satan wanted him to do, you know? Um, but Jesus came to earth and, and lived life as a man and was tempted like we are. And, uh, and he resisted. And so he's, he's our mediator. You know, he's our judge. He knows what it's like to, to go through what we're going through. Um, and then he sent us the Holy Spirit when he when he left the earth. He sent us uh, the Helper, is what he he referenced him as, and uh, and the Helper is also is just the Spirit of God, you know, the Holy Spirit. And by having that within us, um, we can resist these things. And and the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, communicates to God even when we don't even know what to say. And uh, and so if you if you are sheltered in in, in under God's wing. Um, you know, Satan's arrows are blocked, stopped. You've been stopped. Mm. And that's, yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, the whole thing with, uh, with the parable, you know, the other workers, doesn't matter how much they whine on how long they were there compared to the other people it. It doesn't matter that like it doesn't doesn't matter to God, um, which therefore means it shouldn't matter to you because <clears throat> um, to me the way the way I would see it is that if you're saying that the way God treats someone um, and doesn't treat someone else and blah, if he could, well, how could he forgive this person in your one, you're questioning them, and then, uh, two, you know, you're saying that you know more than God, and that's not 
that's not a good thing. Um, yeah, and let me actually like flip. who he deems righteous is. What's that? Yeah, let me also like from here flip kind of what. So right now we're talking about how we can't, um, like, take people's value from them. Uh, from God, like God sees them as valuable. Um, mm-hmm. But also, I want to talk about this with you. Um, people can't make themselves more valuable to God because of the amount of work they've done for him. You know, the people yeah. who complained at the end of the day, we did so much work for you. Shouldn't you give us more money? <laughs> God's like, uh, no. <laughs> You're good. You got your day's wages. Don't complain. Yeah, that's uh, a little bit before that. Uh, Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my father who is heaven on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy, prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name? And do many mighty works in your name, and then, and then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Um, so, we're not we're not saved, like Mike is saying, we're not saved on our works. Um, it's a good thing to do, you know. Um, that's that's goodwill, and <clears throat> God wants us to do good works, but it's not conditional. For our salvation, our salvation was already covered. Um, yeah, I'd like to point out two things that happen in this uh, parable. So, so first thing is that they were called to work, right? <laughs> like the master goes out and he calls them to work. So, so doing work is important to God. If they didn't show up, yeah. they weren't have gotten the gotten the pay in the first place. Um, so you you have to be called. Um, and then you need to go to work, right? If, if if Christ calls you to work and you're like, wow, that's a good feeling. Like, that's nice. But then you just sit at home and keep on watching Stranger Things season four instead of going out and helping people. Uh, no good has, has been done. And that's not good. Um, I don't think just because we are called doesn't guarantee the denarius. I think we needed to show up at the vineyard. Um. I think that makes like reasonable sense. Uh, but showing up at the vineyard is, is it like once, once you show up and you're, and you're working just because your buddy picked more olives than you did or grapes or whatever was at the vineyard. Um, you know, they, they get the same pay. Um, and I think part of integrity, which is something, you know, you, you've already talked about part of integrity is, is giving it your best. You know, if you, mm. I think if you love God, you have a good relationship with him, which is another thing that we've talked about. Um, you'll do your best. You know, you'll want to give all of, just like in any relationship, you'll, you'll self-sacrifice. You'll give your best for God in the vineyard, in, in the work. Mm. But there's no, there's no special heaven for you. <laughs> you don't get, you don't get VIP heaven. Just because, you know, you converted 10,000 people and your buddy who influenced, but didn't maybe even baptize anybody, but he, uh, you know, he's influenced people throughout his life, um, you know, did his best. He gets, he gets the same heaven you get, you know, and I think that's like a great, like equalizer. It, it humbles those who are good at, at the work. Who are success? Who have been granted success by God at the work? Because um, God is the one who are who are calling people to Him, and He uses us as His His workers in the field. You know, His His mouthpiece, you could say, um, through through the scriptures and stuff. Uh, and just because God hasn't used you personally to go out and you know s- save a bunch of people doesn't mean that you like aren't going to get heaven somehow. And so that's, you know, humbling for those who are, you could say achieving a lot of work, even though it's really God, but it's encouraging for those who are 
kind of doing their best and not necessarily seeing quote unquote results in the work. You know, they're seeing results in themselves. Mm-hmm. They're growing spiritually. They're they're putting good fruit out into the world. You know, they're taking care of the people they can, and they're uh, they're spiritually growing, and they're they're telling people about Christ and trying to draw people towards Him and His Word. But but yeah, so that's good. Yeah, um, and that that integrity that you were talking about, right? It... Sin, at the end of the day, right, is defined as missing the mark. And something uh, interesting that I learned, actually, just a little fun fact, is um, in Greek, sin is actually an you know, uh, archery term, and it means it means to miss. Wow, um, I had fun learning that. So, yeah, and then, so that's what sin is. So with that integrity thing, like Mike was saying, is you show up to the vineyard, um and then part of part of being there is is to do your best. So um James four seventeen, uh, you know, I hope you know it, but if not, we're gonna read it right now. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. So um if if God and I, I, I don't listen, I'm not God, so I don't I can't tell what? you how conditional it is, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, big surprise. Oh. So, in this parable, he went out, brought him the vineyard um, with the intentions of working. Um, so, they knew what they were there for, just as when you're called um, and, and you form a relationship with God and you read his word, you're going to know, or hopefully, what your purpose or your calling is or what we're supposed to be doing or how we're supposed to live in and however that ends up being for you. Um, but however it ends up being for you, if, if you believe what, what your calling is, is right. Or if you faith, which means to blindly trust right in the biblical sense, which would mean that, you know, that whatever your calling is or whatever we're supposed to be doing, or you're supposed to be doing or whatever that is, is right. And you don't do it you're now missing the mark. Um, so just for the people in the vineyard, if he would have came out to them and hired them um, and they knew they were going to the vineyard to work and they stood there and played on their phones that they didn't have all day, <laughs> um, you know, that they're missing the mark. They, they're alpha, but, iPhone alpha. Right. This little Greek joke. Um, I think they still would have gotten Mike. What do you think? Do you think they would have gotten paid? Um, I think, I think not working is a momentary thing. That's like a, a temporary state. If you find yourself in a state where you're not working, just, uh, just pick up, pick up the shovel, just, <laughs> just get back to work. You know, um, I, mm-hmm. I don't think, God ever threatens us that if he ever finds us in one moment of sin, that it's all over. However, if you, uh, okay. And, and then the other thing is that um, I'm going to have to look up a, a verse real quick to uh, do this, but, okay. but if you find, what? what? Oh, you go ahead. If, if you, if you are called by God to work, I think he's not going to let you, get away with <laughs> not working. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll send discipline your way. Um, so, okay. Let me look up the verse. Uh, okay. So this is Hebrews you, twelve six. but go ahead. Um, just real quick. I think when you love God and you believe in God, that that work will come naturally. However, I do believe from what I've read and I have the scripture here that, that even if you didn't work, even though uh, other people not, might not see it as right and might not understand it, it's still God's judgment. I do believe it is a free gift because that's what it says. I think it'd be hard to inherit that gift and not want to do anything with it. Of course. But Romans three twenty three for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Um, Romans ten thirteen for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Um, where's the one about free gift? It says it. Oh. 
Uh, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then, I mean, this is all Romans here. It's, it's a good book as far as salvation. Then in Romans uh, 10, 19, I mean, uh, Romans 10, 9 through 10, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart, one believes and is justified. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. So, but the, so I think by definition, I mean, if you really wanted to get semantical about it, I think you could go to the vineyard and do no work and um, stone hair in the kingdom of God. But I don't think anyone who truly loves God um, or really believes in him has faith would. You know what I mean? I don't know how you could. Yeah. So, so, and also, you know, God knowing everything, why would he call a worker that is in the way? I mean, you could point to Judas, Judas Iscariot, who, who was the one who was responsible for betraying Jesus. You know, he did no, uh, in one sense, he did nothing positive, but at the other sense, he's responsible for our salvation because if Christ wasn't betrayed and then hung on the cross, uh, you know, we'd still be sunk. You know, it's only through Christ's sacrifice that we have forgiveness of sins. Uh, but okay, so here's the Hebrews uh, chapter 12. Um, six is my focus, but context is important. So I'm going to start in uh, verse three. Consider him who endured for sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. So that's Christ. He endured sinners' hostility against himself. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the, the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. So, you know, if you're a son, if you're adopted, if you're called, then he's going to discipline you. And discipline doesn't come for no reason. You know, it comes for your betterment. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, actually, I'm, I'm going to keep on reading because this is good stuff. Uh, so this is verse 7 now of Hebrews 12. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. So, you know, to me, this is saying that if we if we find ourselves standing around doing nothing and not disciplined, that's a bad sign. <laughs> that's a really bad sign. Uh, yeah. We're called illegitimate children and not sons. And uh, I want to inherit eternal life. And so for that, I need to be a son of God. So. So yeah, I think I think you can be called yeah. and sure like maybe you'd get your wages, but I don't I don't think God's that bad of a manager. Like he's not like right, a bad yeah, boss who's yeah. just going to leave you to do nothing. Uh he's going to make sure you uh you get something done. And it may just be kind of something to... inside of yourself. Um or it may be a lot. You know, maybe more than you ever expected. Yeah. Like I know uh my dad has he was a Christian um, from his kind of younger days. He wasn't raised a Christian, but he um, he was brought to the church, and then uh, he was he was a writer. He was like kind of a science guy. Um, he he loved to write articles and do research and stuff. He never ever thought he would be a speaker of it in any way. He he wanted to be a teacher, but like Bible classes, maybe maybe little Bible studies. But he wound up being the preacher at my church for a few years, and now he's a missionary. <laughs> and the, and the preacher at mm-hmm. uh kind of the the churches he kind of sees to over in uh he's in New Zealand. Um So yeah. Uh and I know my dad has gone through a lot of hardship and and I think God will uh he'll put us to work. Um and that might come through some discipline. And that's okay. You know, that just means that we're we're God's kids and he's He's given us what we need to get our get our tails in gear. <laughs> and um, this scripture 
This is one of my favorites. I like to go to um, in almost every aspect. Um, so it's Proverbs 11.1. 1. The Lord detests dishonest scales, but accurate weights find favor with him. Um, and the wa reason why I like that is, and it's it's different, but, you know, unbalanced scales are unfavorable to the Lord is, is, is what it's saying. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I think that's great is because while our salvation is not conditional on our works, God also, like we've been saying, acknowledges that it's hard to have faith without works. And that shows in, um, well, here, here's something that shows that we're designed to work when we're called um, for Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Um, Read verse eight and nine too. And then I don't hold on. Let me pull up the whole chapter. Super good. That, I was going to read those earlier, but yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I know that for, for by grace, you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of God not a result of works so that no one may boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Yeah. So like saved by grace through faith created for good works. So yeah, faith, grace works. It's all there. It's all part of the plan. Um, yep. Yeah. And I think that's good. It's balanced. Like Mike was saying, don't think God's that bad of a manager, you know? Um, <laughs> That was actually that was that was good. Um, and then James two fourteen uh, through twenty six. This is this is good as well. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Man, that was going to be my next one. Can that faith too. save him? <laughs> if a brother or a sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, "Go in peace, be warm and filled," without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Preach. I, I like that verse a lot. What do you, it's like when people say, uh, let's say, oh man, okay. Say, uh, say you're uh, like, a, like you're into football, you know, and you're talking with your buddies mm -hmm. about football, and someone someone like me comes up and is like, yeah, football, but I don't know anything about football. And they're like, yeah, what do you like about football? And I'll be like, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like you, you show that you're, you know, I couldn't tell you any stats. I don't t know any of the players. I know a few, t like a handful of teams, uh, but like, I couldn't tell you coaches. I know the rules. I really enjoy watching. I really do. Um, I just don't really keep up with it. But, uh, you know, some people are like, well, you, you show me that you like, like football without, without knowing anything about it. <laughs> and I'll show you I like football by telling you every single stat, every player, you know. It's like, okay, you might have faith and not really have any works, but one way to prove it is being about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you... I, and I know we, we say it a lot on the, the podcast, and... I don't know how else to say it because it, it shouldn't be like, you know, when I'm like, you know, what do you think about it? Or, you know, like thoughts when someone says like thoughts on this, um, because it should be really about what the scripture says. But I mean, for the sake of conversation, because that's what a podcast is. <laughs> those are the phrase I guess I'll have to use. Um, where was I going with that? Couldn't tell you. Oof. What are my thoughts on football? Um, no, no, not on football. Um, Faith, grace, works. I was going somewhere with that, Mike. Bring, bring something up so that uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's always whenever I'm like teaching Bible class, I always tell the kids like, if you ever don't know the answer to a question, just just say Jesus, and you got got like an eighty percent chance that it's the right right answer to whatever it is. Right. We're talking about how you know, was... people can't be made more valuable to God because of the amount of work they've done for him. Um, oh, I know. Oh, okay. Cool. So um, I think 
like I said, don't like the word think, but I'm going to use it. I think where people get stuck up is, or caught up, I should say, is that they want to know what works is. What was that helping homeless people? Was that healing people? Was that feeding the hungry? Is that, you know, is it this? Is it that? Is it this? What are we supposed to be doing? And they're trying to, to me, they're trying to figure it out too much. They're looking too far into it. Um, I think God has a calling. Um, we're all good at different things. I think that if you um, feed a homeless person or if, you know, uh, if you're capable of healing someone, um, anytime that you help another brother or sister in Christ, that's always a good thing. But, but our works, um, I think if you read too far into it, you're going to end up stressing yourself out about it because we're all good at different things. And uh, might have different callings and, and sometimes your calling might actually be something that you're not good at and you might have to be uncomfortable to fulfill it but what do you think why do you think people were look too far into what good works are one thought that is a huge tool of the devil uh, that humans tend to fall into is to know the boundaries to draw the lines in the sand. Um, people love, love knowing who's on the other team. Who am I against? You know, tell me who, who am I supposed to hate? Who am I supposed to not trust? You know, if this person does this, like, uh, I'm, that's who I'm supposed to reject. Um, you know, what's, what's our rival school? You know, when I remember in high school, I remember asking that question. I'm like, okay, who's our rival? Like, who am I supposed to not, who am I supposed to like be enemies with? And it, you know, part of that Michigan. is seen as like a competitive thing. It's like humans want to, you know, better themselves and they need like a goalpost to be competitive, you know? Um, mm -hmm. They want to know what they need to, to get past. Um, but man, the devil uses that so much. That line in the sand to separate us from the other, you know? And so trying to, trying to find that line in the sand for works super common and mostly leads to problems. Like it mostly leads to, to either feeling like you're better than other people or feeling like you're not good enough or, uh, you know, trying to be overly, overly righteous to people pious. You know, we, I think we talked about that another time. Um, and even even trying to say that uh <laughs> even me trying to say that we shouldn't put lines in the sand is putting a line in the sand <laughs> super meta uh <laughs> but you know like oh if someone's putting line in the sand they're a bad christian no i'm not saying that <laughs> at all i'm saying it's a super common temptation or not that that's a temptation it's a super common tool of the devil it's fine to have boundaries it's it's actually good to have boundaries um you know, we should have a boundary between ourselves and sin, obviously. But we shouldn't have a boundary between ourselves and seeking the lost, which means that we need to, we, we got to be not doing the things that sinners do, but going out and making relationships with with those who are lost. Mm -hmm. um, so so the, the question of works, you know, I'd say that be different for different people because of like what you've been saying about people's talents their skills who they know what they can do um you know what they can't do you know if someone has like really bad anxiety actually i, I see that in uh in gideon who's one of the judges he's he's like my favorite of the judges he he definitely had really bad anxiety um he questions god constantly and con and constantly god always is there to comfort him um but, you know, if you have like a crippling anxiety and you maybe you're medicated or or even if you're not, um, you don't have to like kill yourself to perform a work that you think is good. You know, find just like what you've, you've been saying, find that work that that you can do. Start there. 
um, a, a parable that we aren't talking about this time. Uh, the parable of the talents. You know, everyone has been given a different amount of skill. Figure out what that skill is and don't bury it. Figure out what you can do. And, you know, in the parable of the talents, they say invest it. Uh oh, I'm taking a parable from our series away from us. <laughs> Maybe we can talk about it later. Anyways, you know, don't don't bury it. You invest it. That's how the, the parable goes. You, you put it to work somewhere. And it'll grow. I, I promise you, whatever you put to work, God will make use of it and it'll grow. And you'll find yourself with new talents afterwards. You know, you'll, you'll find yourself having have grown and, and gotten better as a person. And that's that's cool. That's like it's like leveling up in real life. Learning a new ability. Um, so I think if it's good, do it. And if you, it, I mean, <laughs> that's it. Like when it comes to like works, you know, cause they don't save you, but by faith, you'll, you'll get to work. Not that, but by works, you'll get, go to heaven, but by faith, you'll get to work. Um, which is kind of scary, especially if you kind of haven't for a long time or you feel like, you know, it's, it's difficult for you to start. Um, but yeah, that's what God calls us to do. And, and he's called you for a, le- a reason, you know, your life has meaning. Um, God's either shaped you already or is shaping you for a purpose. So that's, that's what encourages me at least. Mike, I, I hope whatever you whatever you said was was real good, because uh, my computer just randomly decided that it didn't want to be on anymore. Uh, so I just got back. <laughs> nice, welcome back. I just got done. <laughs> Thankfully, this is a website um, that records, you know, independently, so it's it's fine. Right, fine. It was, yeah, I was just sitting there. But anyway, yeah, computer crash. I don't have to explain details. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll say I it think, was safe. You know, I don't, maybe. Yeah, let's go with maybe. that. Sure. Um, I think we're reaching the end of the episode. We, we should be around the hour mark. I can't see it anymore because the clock started over, started over for me, but I know when I left. 57 anyway. minutes and five seconds. Okay. Um, so yeah, um, if you guys want us to keep continuing this episode, um, we can do that. Um, or probably same stuff will be brought up again. Um, Mike, is there anything else you want to say? Um, you know, I actually did have one more little point about how this is, this parable is similar to the parable of the lost sheep where, okay, where, you know, in this parable, God goes out and he calls workers. And kind of the point of the parable is, is focusing on the payment at the end, how we should not be envious or, or selfish about our payment. You know, we should be overjoyed that all of us get to go to heaven, no matter how much work you've put in, no matter, no matter what kind of work you've put in, um, no matter what you were called to do, whether you were called to to pick up all the the trash or whether you were called to plant new seeds or whether you were called to just trim the leaves, you know, whatever you were called to do in, in the vineyard, you know, we all get paid at the end of the day. We all get, we all get paid in heaven. It's a promise. Um, in a similar sense, you know, the, the parable of the lost sheep, You familiar with that one. I'm where, uh, not actually. It, you oh, know, where uh, the, there he has not hundred sheep. One goes. Yeah. And, and, what does yeah, he do with yeah, the 99? Yeah. He leaves them behind and he goes and, and goes after the one. And then he celebrates bringing the one sheep that was lost back. You know, God isn't mm-hmm. worried about <laughs> ranking the sheep that are already in his fold. God has no, he's not worried about ranking the sheep because none of us are worthy. We're only like God's grace that saves us is, is that we can be counted righteous through Christ. It's not mm-hmm. our own righteousness. So, so God isn't worried about ranking us as his sheep that are already in the fold. God's concern is bringing into it those who are lost. 
That's all. That's all I had. Amen. Um, that's all I have for now. Good talking with you, man. So, um, we'll, uh, we got, what, about 30, 36 more parables? <laughs> Only. <laughs> um, not sure what's the, what's the next one going to be, Mike? Uh, well, it's up to you. Uh, we'll, we'll let you lead the next one. I'll defer. All right. Well, I I'll have to. Uh, we talked about it at some point. I'll have to. Uh, did we? Yeah. I'll have to look at him. See which one. You know. Yeah. Every day you might be in a mood for a different parable, so you gotta. You're right. We can switch it up. Decide which one. Well, all right, guys. Um, thanks for listening. Um, computer, thanks for taking a quick nap. Thanks, computer. Uh, Mike, thanks for being here. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to everyone listening. Right. Love you guys. Literally don't God even bless. know you, but love you. <laughs> Big thanks to Mike for coming on and speaking. The next episode in the Parable series will be on the Divided Kingdom. Uh, no need for a monologue. Mike and myself are satisfied with the conversation. I hope you are as well. I hope you could receive something from this and always feel free to engage on social media. I would love to interact with any listeners. All social media will be linked in the link tree below um, or in the description, as well as Seek Jesus Co. is a Christian clothing company that I am an ambassador for. However, I stand behind their clothes. Um, let yourself start a conversation with your clothing um, while helping provide to mission fields. A portion of all sales are donated to several mission fields. The clothing is high quality and I wear it. In my opinion, they offer a clean and essential style that simply express my faith. Um, if you are willing and capable, go check them out with the link provided below. Use uh, code ONAVA for a discount at checkout. God bless and much love and gratitude for anyone who listens and speaks on this podcast. See you next week.